hello. Welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. I am so excited about today's episode. We have Kirsten and Tiffany on today from the Relationship Recovery. And this account has been so incredible. And Tiffany and Kirsten started this movement in hopes of reaching as many women as possible that are left victims after a relationship has ended and are ready to fight to be survivors instead. They offer tools and support to deal with recovering from domestic abuse, emotional abuse, poor dating trends, codependency, poor self-esteem and everything in between that leaves a mark after a relationship, even if it's self-inflicted. And you guys, I'm so excited to have you on this episode. Your account has been so helpful for me during my healing process. And I just knew I had to have you guys on for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, And yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yes, it's a pleasure. I'm so excited. You guys, um, and before we dive into things, I always like leading these episodes with a bit of a trigger warning just because we are talking about trauma and about abuse. So if domestic abuse or trauma or anything like that can be triggering for you, please feel free to skip over this episode. Um, I always want this to be a safe space where people don't get accidentally triggered. So just want to throw that out there as we dive into this. Um, But I would love to kind of hear about your guys's story and how you started this business because I I just love what you're doing and even le- reading over your bio I love that you don't specialize even in like one specific abuse it's kind of like leaving hard romantic or domestic situations in dre- general which I think is really incredible so I'd kind of love to hear from you guys like what your story is and how this all got started Sure Tiff do you want to take the story Sure I will take it So um, Kirsten and I met working at a job um, years ago and just kind of got to be friends. Uh, At the time, she was a social media marketer and I was an event planner. And one day Kirsten came to me and she said, "Um, I think we should start this business where we could do events and I could do the social media marketing. And let me back up just a little bit. We, We became friends, but we also still... Uh, shared a similar story. And we were, I had been through a divorce. She was getting ready to go through a divorce. And so we were just kind of, we would help each other through, Mm -hmm. through hard days. We would, you know, share experiences with each other. And we had uh, mentioned that we'd like to help women once we got through, because there really wasn't a lot of resource out there when we were going through our divorces. And that was just kind of something that we had talked about, but fast forward a little bit to this business idea that we thought we would start. So we sat down, we made a business plan and we were really excited to go forward. But one day um, we were chatting and both of us said, you know, that little thing we were talking about helping women with for some reason that just feels like that should be right now. That should Mm -hmm. happen right now. We need to, we need to take our experiences and share them and the tools and resources that we've gained along the way those need to be shared with the world as well. And that feeling just never went away. So we thought, let's start, let's start this. Let's just stick it out there. And, you know, we kicked it off with a big um, women's retreat. That was probably one of the most amazing experiences I've had the opportunity to be a part of Um, just the love and the growing and the friendships that were made there. And from there forward, we just took it and, made it so that we can have a business that we can work in and 
you know, make an income, but also we can give every little bit of free information, resource tools that we possibly can so that we can serve everybody and meet them where they're at. I love that. That's so beautiful. And I love that you guys, I don't know, I feel like everything always happens for a reason. And that's so incredible that you guys were able to meet during such pivotal times and rely on each other. I think, oh, I just love that. That's beautiful. Um, and kind of like what you said, I think there's not a lot of information out there on stuff like this. I feel like that's definitely been one of the harder parts of my experience was obviously going to therapy is great and they can provide so many resources, but outside of therapy, I was finding it really hard to find additional resources that talk about this. It can be kind of taboo. Um, one of the things I've talked about a lot, especially with like domestic violence and domestic abuse is people kind of consider it almost like private business. Like people are like, oh, that's someone's private business. It's not really like my thing to get involved in. Um, so I would love to know kind of like what the process was like for you guys in deciding like what you wanted this business to look like and how did you guys kind of decide to focus specifically on relationships and trauma? Sure. So the reason we went this way is because once again, what Tiffany said is just, there wasn't a lot out there. What you just said, we were mm -hmm. finding that, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we are huge, huge advocates for therapy. A lot of our clients and um, see therapists and they work with us. And it's just, we do two different things. So ours is more, um, a coach is more about just us helping you move forward, helping you with your day to day. Um, we do talk about the trauma and we, we help you clear it and we walk through that. But um, we just really found, like you said, there wasn't a lot of resources outside of therapy and therapy can take you, it really dives into the past and like kind of uncovers a lot of those pieces, but there wasn't a lot of tools moving forward. And for me, when we actually decided to build this company, yes, we walked the beauty of it. Tiffany and I walked through our traumas together in a lot of ways. Um, and found resources and leaned on each other like she like she shared but then we came out of it too and then I still noticed there were things coming up for me like I fast forward like a few years I was remarried and I noticed that you know from my past relationships um, I still had things coming up and I was like hey this this shouldn't be happening and so then I did work there and you know and I wasn't finding a lot of that too because a lot of what I ran into was that it was like, well, now you're divorced. So kind of get over it. Like you're out of it. So you should be over it, you know? And, and we don't talk about, and then you're right, the private business, we don't talk about kind of the scars and the habits that are formed from being in those relationships. Some of that's habitual. It's not even something that you mean to do, but you carry that with you. And so that's why we decided to create the relationship recovery and make it a business and provide tools. I mean, we do coaching, um, two-on-one, one-on-one, group coaching. We have a course. We really wanted to reach everyone where they're at, no matter where they are. Um, you know, whether that's physically, we're a worldwide company now. We talk to people internationally. And then we also wanted to be able to reach people where they are economically, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are in very different places. The thing about uh, domestic violence and, you know, heartbreak and relationship trauma in general um, it doesn't care who you are, where you're from, what your economic background is. It can happen to anybody. And a lot of it's just really getting in tune with what's going on in your world and how you got there and kind of uncovering that. And um, we have kind of a three tiered system that we do 
where we talk about, we start with foundations of healing, we move into clearing the trauma, and then we help people to move forward into the life that they desire. So that's kind of the groundwork, but that's why we created what we did, because we didn't find those three pieces out in the world. That's, yeah, that's incredible. And I think focusing, yeah, like you said, when I, I know when I got out of my like abusive situation, it's so navigating what has just happened to you is so unreal and like disorienting almost. And yeah, the focus sometimes is getting you out of those situations. So there's not a lot of assistance after. Um, so I love that you guys kind of focus on the back end and moving forward and things like that. Um, so I'd love to ask you guys kind of like as people who are in abusive situations or in relationships that are traumatic or hard or, you know, even like you guys said, like poor dating trends, how do you guys suggest, because I think this was one of the biggest things I struggled with when I was in my abusive situation is what do you tell people when it comes to identifying that there is something wrong in their relationship other than just like quote unquote normal issues? Um, I think that's something that a lot of people really struggle with because when you're in it, it does feel normal because it, it kind of is normal to you. It's what's happening to you. Um, but there are so many things that happen in these abusive or like poor relationships that aren't normal, but it's, it's hard to kind of identify that. Do you guys have advice for people who are kind of struggling with, you know, taking that first step into being like, oh, this is, this is not okay? I, um, I'll, yeah, I'll touch on that a little bit. What um, really starts to happen to people when you're in an abusive relationship like that, like you said, it becomes your normal and it seems normal for a long time until you start to get that nagging feeling that something might be wrong. And typically what happens when we get that feeling is we start to do a little bit of research mm-hmm. and we get that aha, mo- aha moment, which is, oh, this is a real thing. I'm not alone. Those kind of things, because mostly, you know, we live in these relationships that there's a lot of gaslighting. There's a lot of things that are manipulative tactics to keep us stuck in that relationship. And once we kind of can take a step back and identify that this just doesn't feel right, or we look around and we see other people's relationships that look different than ours, that usually is the beginning of that process of identifying and starting the transition of getting some additional resources, some help, those kind of things, because getting out of an abusive relationship can take a really long time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, But we also just tell people to, you know, watch for those red flags. I think the misconception that we have is it has to be physically abusive to Mm -hmm. be abuse. You know, you have to be hit, shoved, kicked, whatever. And that's not, that's not the case. Um, the most devious type of abuse comes from that psychological abuse that we endure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also the trickiest to, you know, separate. Is this normal? Is this not, not normal? Um, but just realizing that abuse is abuse is abuse. It does not matter what kind of abuse it is. If you're being mistreated in any um, form, it's abuse. Now there is that fine line of, you know, is this just relationship stuff, like you said, or is this something that is really wrong? Um, but I think, you know, when we become aware of things, then we can really 
dial it in and take a look at what's happening to us and then decide from there. Um, the most important thing is to keep yourself safe, but also to reach out to somebody that you can trust. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I think that's mine always started with a gut feeling. And I, I've talked about this before on my pages. I remember sitting at my computer and Googling, mm-hmm. like, is this abuse? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm like, if you're having to Google it, I feel like you kind of already know. I think I already knew in my gut, mm-hmm. but I just wanted some outside reassurance that what was happening wasn't normal. Um, and I think that is kind of like what you said. We often paint abuse. And I know I did in this way where I was like, okay, if I'm not you know, covered in bruises, like if people can't see that I'm being abused, then I'm probably not being abused. And that's kind of how I thought of it. And once you said that, I actually remembered, I'm pretty sure how I found your account was through narcissistic abuse because you guys talk a lot about that. And that is something I had never heard of until my therapist kind of classified part of my abuse as that. Um, And that one, I think, yeah, the psychological abuse is really wild. And I've talked to a few people about this is that I think that almost the effects of it are the most long lasting just because your brain is so rewired. So I'd love to kind of hear your guys's, I don't know, like your thoughts on like identifying and like kind of your process on identifying like what type of abuse has been happening to you. Like how do you kind of educate yourself or how do you kind of realize like what it is that's happening to you so that you can start moving forward with healing specific to that abuse? Sure. And I, I think that really just starts with educating yourself, right? If you, and trusting your intuition, that's the other part that really happens inside of this. So it all starts with your intuition. If you're, if this is not in line and you're going, okay, something's off, something's wrong, then start doing some research, start researching some of these terms. That's why we discuss so many different things because really it's just educating. And if you start running into those things, then that's where you can start taking their initial steps, right? If you relate to it, if, you know, there's a reason why you Googled, right? When you Mm -hmm. you notice some things were going on in your life, you know, that's such a crucial step. Sometimes people, you know, downplay it, but it really is a crucial step, the education portion. That's why we are talking about trauma bonds. That's why we're talking about codependency. That's why we're talking about narcissistic abuse and not and narcissistic abuse has become such a, it's kind of trendy too. Yeah. <laughs> and so people will sit there and go, well, not everybody's a narcissist. Like we have people that will, you know, you're just saying everybody's a narcissist. Like not absolutely, absolutely not. That's not what we're saying. Yeah, by any no. means. Mm-hmm. But I would also dare to say that these type B personalities and we can't, and just we can't treat or cure diagnose we're coaches and that's not our goal. And I don't think you need that to know that you're not being treated well. So, but it's still important though. If you're noticing these trends, then it's important for you to know you're like the likelihood of your abuser and, or the person that you're in the relationship with getting an actual diagnosis of narcissist is slim to none. Right. Mm -hmm. If, if you are dealing with a narcissist, Mm-hmm. And even if you're not dealing with a narcissist, if you're dealing with somebody that is treating you poorly or doing the things that are not in line with what your intuition is telling you is a safe relationship and it's a created a toxic environment, you're being, you know, gas, there's gaslighting or um, verbal abuse or emotional abuse or physical abuse 
then it doesn't really matter. But those things are important to know because then you can start finding ways to respond. Then you can start finding coaches in line with what's going on. Then you can start finding therapists inside, you know, in line with what's going on. And I truly believe you should have somebody with you. There's a reason why that's why we exist is we can reach back with you and say, Hey, I've walked this with you. Cause Tiffany and I both have lived this. It's not mm -hmm. something we just talk about. Yeah. We can actually reach back and pull you forward. That's why we're really passionate about working with, you know, as many people as we can. Um, and that's why we give so many different versions. That's why there are a lot of free tools as well, but that's super crucial in your steps. I, I think that's one of the first things is a you need a good support system. And if you don't have, and and the odds are, if you, unless somebody has actually walked through it, in my opinion, they will be able to support you, but they're never going to be able to completely understand. It's kind of one of those things where you can be loved and have that love, but somebody that hasn't actually walked through it, it's really hard for them to really be able to take that on. Yeah. So I feel like it's like sympathy versus empathy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And sometimes you don't need sympathy. You need the empathy. Mm -hmm. I love that. So as someone, you know, I like that you guys said like safety is always the number one. And I think that's what can be so tricky when getting out of abusive situations and things like that. And like you said, reaching out to someone, I know when I left my, my therapist and I literally like walked through an entire game plan on like how I was going to get out of there and how I was going to do it safely and how there was going to be a backup plan just in case. Um, but for people that have now managed to take that first step and they're at least away from this situation. Cause like you said, once you're away from it, there's very little resources on what to do next, but you're left with so much damage. Like I remember just being like, okay, I feel like I'm on damage control now. Like I have years of like abuse and like psychological, like abuse and manipulation that's built up and it feels like my brain isn't even, you know, what it used to be. What would you suggest for people as they start to navigate healing? Like what is that first step? How should you be treating yourself? How should you, I don't know, like what are kind of like day to day, how do you kind of take care of yourself as you start this healing journey? So our first suggestion is always find a community. Um, we want you to find a community that you can be a part of so that you know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And then we also, we really start to take people and we want to teach them the foundations of healing. That's kind of the, the first step in anything that we teach at the relationship recovery, whether it's in our community, whether it's in our courses, our coaching, our group coaching, all of it starts there because we feel like without those foundations, you never can get to that next step of healing that trauma. We've got to be able to know what those foundations are. So, so just for example, some of those that we teach, we teach how to find your motivating factor. I mean, why are you doing this healing? What do you want from the end, you know, to gain from the end of this journey? Um, and then we teach you how to kind of anchor in and keep hold of that vision for yourself and those goals. And we teach you, you know, how to feel energy and, um, how to not self-sabotage. Those kind of things are so crucial in that, um, additional piece to getting started to healing. Um, the other thing that we teach people, um, right off the bat is something we call 
the Book of Truths. And it's something that um, I learned and then passed on to Kirsten. And you can do it in a notebook. Uh, eventually, we'll have a physical product um, that goes for this. But what we suggest you do is you write down every single day, every conversation that you've had with your ex-partner. Because when you're dealing with psychological abuse, you're dealing with a lot of gaslighting. And a lot of time you feel completely crazy. And what this does is this gives you a reference point to go back to, to say, you know what? That's not what that conversation said. This is what it said. And now I know my truth. It also serves as a record for court. So if you have to go to court um, sometime in the future, if you are consistent, the court likes to see that. Even though it's your word against his word, consistency and the way they can see that play out is going to be to your advantage. And then the third reason um, we always tell people to keep this book of truths is because one day you're going to be able to go back and look at this book and you're going to be able to say, wow, I have come a long ways. And you can see, you can actually watch your identity start to come back around and you start to become this person that you know, you've wanted to be, but the thing about it is it takes work and that work isn't always fun, mm -hmm. but you have two choices. You can stay where you're at and just kind of try and muddle through it, or you can reach out and find these resources, um, look into coaching, look into therapy, look into whatever it is that you feel good about and, you know, get moving in a forward direction and, you know, taking that back around to foundations of healing for us, that is definitely the first step that we teach people um, that, and, and help really help them propel forward. But like I said, they have to be willing to do the work or it doesn't go anywhere. It's just kind mm -hmm. of not putting any action to it. And that's really a hard thing to do when you feel like you're so beaten down, you're paralyzed, you know, it's hard. And I think that's the part about the relationship recovery that was really important for me to get out there into the hands of other people is um, you may feel like that. And we, we've all felt like that, that at one point, but there's hope. And if you're willing to just put one baby step forward, um, just little bits at a time, you are at least starting that process and you're, and you're going to start your journey to healing. I love that. That's so beautiful. Um, and I think, I think that's honestly probably the question I'll ask you next is as you do navigate, cause it is, it's a lot of work. <laughs> like I, I feel like, and I think that's, what's hard too about once you start getting into abuse and trauma is like after my PTSD uh, diagnosis, we realized I was missing so many memories. And so the, tr the healing has been so weird because as soon as I think I've healed from something, more memories come back from like a three years. I just basically lost like three years of memories and they'll slowly come back in. So it feels, feels very long. It feels like a long healing process, um, which can sometimes be a little discouraging to feel like there's so much that you need to heal from. So what advice would you have from people? Because I think it's, I don't know, it's easy to get down on yourself and it's easy to blame yourself or it's easy, you know, when, like you said, if you've been told or made to feel like you're crazy for so long, I know even now still, and I've been out of it for like a year now or, or over a year, I feel like I 
even still sometimes I'm like, am I crazy? Did like, was it even that bad? And I, my, like the people in my life will have to be like, okay, here's, you know, I kept a journal similar as well, where I was writing out things that had happened. And so I always go back and look at that to be like, oh no, those things, they did in fact happen and they were very bad. Um, But how do you kind of advise people as they navigate, that was a long winded question, sorry guys, but as people navigate their healing and do have these like natural fallbacks where they get down on themselves or they get discouraged. How do you kind of suggest they take care of themselves or how they make sure that they are taking care of themselves while navigating such a traumatic and healing experience? So I'm going to kind of answer um, at the very beginning, you, you wanted to know um, in regards to, like the process, right? Like it's mm-hmm. so, it can be hard to know that it's just, cause you were mentioning like you had stuff that's coming up after you feel like you've gotten to a good place, more things come up and more things come up and it keeps coming up. And one of the biggest pieces of advice in my opinion is a mindset shift. So many people get so set on that they're gonna hit this destination. And this is things, I mean, this is something that anyone can relate to, whether you've walked through this or not. A lot of us are so set on a destination and as soon as you can shift that to more that this is part of your journey and part of your journey is always going to be you you better yourself and you will forever be moving forward into a better, more loving, more excellent version of yourself, then part of that is walking through healing and there will be be it's a lot of um i i heard, read in a book recently and i love the way she put it it was glennon um doyle she oh is, i love glennon yes. doyle yeah <laughs> she's like, great we talk about her all the time here <laughs> yep yes yes so in her um last book right and untamed she mm-hmm. said life's just a lot of deaths and rebirths and i totally agree and i think it's the same thing and for some reason after we walk through relationship trauma, we keep trying to fight and putting it in this, like, we're going to get away from it. It's never going to be part of our story anymore. That's very common for a lot of people. I want to just go back. But once you can kind of take any of your traumas, whether it's relationship trauma or any difficult season you walk through and you realize, okay, that's now part of my story and I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to press it against my heart and it's pokey, but I'm just going to make it part of the journey and I'm going to continue to walk forward, and it's going to be what actually builds me to this greater, better place, then that's when you start seeing a shift. Because if you're always chasing a destination, you're never going to find it. And that's something we walk through our walk with our clients through too. It's a hard mindset shift when Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, this is part of my journey. And that's okay. And there's probably going to be some triggers that continue to pop up. It's not like a, you know, it's not a virus that just, you know, and I, I like a cold virus where it's like you, you know, you take the day quill, you rest, and then you move forward. It's, it's not like that. It's something that you're going to continue to carry, but it will be, it can be for your better. It doesn't always have to be something that you continue to be in pain from. Something we say quite frequently as well is that your trauma is not your fault, typically. It, you know, something, if someone is abusive to you, that is not your fault. It is not your, it's not your, you did not do that. You didn't bring it upon yourself. That is not your fault. However, it is your responsibility to heal from it. And that's something that you you do need to do. And 
And that's the part when you start having those mindset shifts, you're going to get a lot further. So I think that's kind of the important part for the process. No, I think that's incredible. And it reminds me, I don't remember if it was Glennon. It, it might've been like a random quote actually, but it, and I'll probably butcher it, but it talks about how um, like what has happened to you doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Um, and that's something that I've found so helpful in healing when navigating he- healing in general is just that like, I will never go back to this person that existed before like trauma and abuse. Like that person is gone and that's okay. Like that's not the goal. The goal is to take what's happened and to, like you said, it's not your fault, but it's, it's your responsibility to heal from it and to use it and to make yourself better for it. Um, I love that so much. Um, so I would love to know from your guys's, like from both of you, to be honest, um, as you, navigate healing and you navigate like I mean I think too even we're coming up on the holidays which is always like you know the holidays are so fun but they can also be so painful for certain things um what advice if you could give like one solid piece of advice to people navigating healing right now and navigating you know taking care of themselves during this time what would that advice be like how would you advise them to best take care of themselves and to like best find healing right now? I would just give a piece of advice that maybe to all of the mamas out there that have, you know, kids that they've got to share that those holidays with that are upcoming. I just like to maybe pass on a piece of advice that was given to me once. And um, I was struggling because I didn't have the kids that Christmas day. I think I had them maybe Christmas Eve, didn't have them Christmas day. And, you know, she just told me, she said, why does your Christmas day have to be on the 25th of December? Why can't it be on the 27th of December? And why can't you make that a new tradition? And I kind of just stopped and almost stopped me dead in my tracks. And she says, the thing is, is society teaches us that things have to be this way, but they don't. They can look totally different and they can be just as magical and just as fun um, as if it's done on the day that the calendar says it's supposed to be done on. And that really hit me. That took me back. And that made me realize that no matter what, you know, we can create these things for our children and we can, we can adjust and it's okay. And just learning to be okay with some changes. And that helped me a lot through through those times. And, you know, I know it's a lonely time for a lot of us. It is even when we're not um, experiencing these things, sometimes it can still be lonely, but I would say, you know, find those resources out there that can help you. And, you know, we have a really great thing coming up. We have a retreat coming up on November uh, 14th that is finding joy in a difficult season that we'll be teaching and you'll be able to hear from um, some other speakers, including us, on how to navigate those hard things through the holidays. So um, yeah, that's the advice I would give. Um, I just think for whatever reason that was coming up for me, so I thought I would share that. No, I love that. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Things don't have to that that's such a like interesting thing to think about is that like societally we've convinced ourselves things that have to happen in specific ways and they don't have to they can be tailored to whatever we need to feel best yes um for me i would 
again, we, we talk a lot about community, but community is important. And then, um, and on top of what Tiffany said, it's just kind of re, it's a mindset shift again, um, around the society, what our society says, you know, holidays look like, but it, it is important to rediscover, reimagine that a little bit for yourself in your new circumstance. And I know that can be difficult, but you can try to be, come at it in a creative way. Um, another piece, um, too, for me that was really helpful was I, is boundaries. Just, uh, even if society says I need to be with, you know, X, Y, Z person, I, if I'm not in a place and they're actually more triggering, then it's okay to say no. I don't need to show up to that family dinner. I don't need to go to those things. If it's going to be too hard for me to see everybody else with their, their kids in that specific season, it doesn't mean every year, but just be honest with yourself. This isn't where I'm going to be. I'm not in a place where I can handle this right now. And that's okay. If it's better for you to, you know, change some things and maybe only reach out to certain family members or plan a different thing on a different day, then that's okay too. It's okay not to show up and go through the whole thing. If you, if it's a new wound for you and you don't want to have to explain the whole new divorce or the whole new breakup or the whole new, you know, custodial agreement, 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 excuse me, um, then you don't have to. There's no force there. You do have the right to your boundaries and setting those expectations and for yourself. Um, and then again, like Tiffany said, we do have that retreat and we'll, we'll be diving more into that. And it's just finding joy in a difficult season and it can be done. And that's for anybody. And, um, and we're purposely at, because, and you have talked about domestic violence um, 10% of that retreat is going to FADB.org, which is a great resource if you're dealing with um, domestic violence. Um, they have resources all over the country um, that can work with you. We love working with them. They're one of our favorite partners that we work with um, in regards to domestic violence. But it's also pay what you can. So it doesn't matter if you pay a dollar or if you pay the full price. We don't care. We just want everyone that can't, that needs that resource to be on our retreat. So it's just That's pay incredible. what feels good. Oh, I love thing. That's so cool. And where's that taking place? Is that? It's virtual. So oh, everyone virtual. can attend. Yes. Thankfully, yep. With, with everything going on in the world, we felt it was best to do a virtual retreat. Um, yes, we've done them before. <laughs> yes. So we're keeping everything virtual and it just makes it easier for everyone to access. So we love virtual retreats. So it's a virtual retreat on November 14th. Um, you can get, if you go to our Instagram, the relationship recovery, um, it's there in our bio, or you can visit the relationship to register. Perfect. That's amazing. Um, and one last question just to wrap it up, because I love what you said about prioritizing your, like mental sanity, emotional safety, like just prioritizing yourself, um, which I think can get really hard around the holidays because like you said, you are around so many other people. It's more public that you need to take care of yourself. And I know sometimes we feel obligated to do things or we're like worried about what other people are going to think if we prioritize ourselves. I feel like even in little ways or even big ways, if that is leaving a relationship or might be nervous on I don't know, just general perception of what we're doing. Do you guys have specific advice for people with that? Like, especially as we go into the holidays, just how to kind of shake that worry about what other people are going to think or other people's expectations of you? 
I would just say, you know, really be authentic, um, you know, and really wrap your head around the fact that if you don't take care of yourself, you can't pour into others. So taking care of yourself isn't selfish. You know, it's, um, it's a necessity. We have to do that. But, you know, I get what you're saying too, as the perceptions of other people, you know, I mean, it's almost like if you are, you know, out and about and going places and having fun, it looks like you should be in mourning over your relationship, vice mm-hmm. versa. If you're, if you're home and you're not doing anything, it looks like you should be out doing things. I would say just finding a balance and really, you know, if you've come out of a, out of a relationship that's toxic, abusive, those kind of things, your identity and the way you feel out about yourself probably isn't really great at this point in time. So just infusing some good into everything that you do during the day, taking those activities that you do and making sure that they give you energy instead of take your energy. Um, but making sure that you're taking care of you, whether that looks like having a morning routine where you have, I mean, even 10 minutes by yourself just to sit, ponder, journal, meditate, go for a walk, all those kind of things. Um, just keeping that in mind that that is just, it's just vital that you take care of that. I love that. That's something I, we talk about a lot on the podcast is like pouring from an empty cup because it can't be done. It's impossible. And taking care of yourself should always be the number one thing because then you're able to best serve others. So I love that so much. Thank you guys so much for sharing all these amazing little nuggets for people to listen and to learn from. Thank You're you welcome. for it's my pleasure. having us. Yes, oh it's been God. a pleasure. No, thank you guys so much. This has been incredible and I'm so excited for everyone to like listen and learn. And I feel like you guys have shared so much that's so applicable regardless of like the intensity of the situation you're in, the stage of life you're in. So if people want to learn more from you guys, can you tell us all, all the internet things, all the handles, where can people find you online? Sure. So we are at therelationshiprecovery.com. You can find us there. We can also find us on Instagram. We spend most of our time on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok, we give little 50, we're actually a creative um, learning fund. And um, we've been part of the TikTok creative learning fund because they're trying to help oh, us amazing. spread more um, information about trauma. So you can find little tidbits there as well. If you follow us on TikTok, um, both of our handles are at the relationship recovery on all platforms. So you can find us there. And um, but we really um, are just here to serve in any capacity that you need on the relationshiprecovery.com. We have free resources. Again, we also have group coaching, individual coaching, two-on-one coaching where Tiffany and I coach together with you in your specific circumstance. So various different things. Um, and then we just hope to continue to educate on relationship trauma and help others get to a place of healing. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for literally everything you've put onto like even just your online platforms. I know that I have learned so much from your guys' Instagram account alone. So I'm so personally grateful for all the work that you've put in and you can tell that you guys genuinely really care about helping others find healing and find themselves after relationships. So thank you for putting your heart into your business. Like I, I hope you know, it's so seen and so appreciated. Thank, thank you. you. That means a lot. It does.
Thank you guys so much. Okay. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show and thank you guys for listening today. It's been so lovely to have you here and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.